Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God was saying, Peter, he's fully man and fully God. Believe him. He's my son. Listen to him. He is God. Listen to him. He told you he's going to the cross. He is going to the cross. Listen to him. And listen to him. Peter, the reason for the internship, you're going to replace Jesus on the earth. And that's what he's saying to you and me this morning. Do you believe the words of God, the Holy Bible, as true today? The disciples heard from God directly but still battled unbelief. Today, Pastor Mark will share God's purpose and calling for man as told in the scriptures. If you believe the Bible is the true and holy word of God today, then there should be no question as to the calling on a man's life. Our greatest purpose is to please and glorify God. He wants to indwell each of us personally through His Holy Spirit. Are you willing to surrender over ownership of your life to Him, knowing this is His design for you? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Our God Provides. Moses and Elijah appear in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. So here's, here's two people from the Old Testament, and they appear with their glorified bodies. Moses representing the law when he was on Mount Sinai, got the Elijah representing the prophets of the Old Testament. They're talking with Jesus. Now look at me. Moses has died 1,400 years before this. 2,000 years ago when this is happening. 1,400 years he's been dead. Elijah never died. He was translated to heaven 900 years before this. What do we learn from that? In a moment, the disciples are going to wake up and go, whoa. Because they knew very much Moses as far as who he was. And of course, they'd always heard of Elijah, that fiery prophet. What do we learn from this? Write it down this morning. This is huge. The spiritual world is real. These are people who had died, but thousands of years later, they're in a new glorified body talking to Jesus. You see, the spiritual world is real. That means eternity is real. That means heaven and hell is real. And the real you this morning is spiritual. The real you is spiritual. Well, what are they going to talk about up there? They actually come to encourage Jesus as he goes to the cross. Look at the next verse, 31, our campuses. 
They spoke about his departure. That word departure in the original language means exodus, moving from one place to another. Moses, the exodus, exodus in the Bible. They moved from being slaves in Egypt. For 400 years, they moved to the promised land. Elijah, exodus, immediately from earth to heaven, no death. So what were they talking about Jesus? They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. What was going to happen in a little more than a year in Jerusalem with Jesus? He was going to be beaten, died on the cross so you and I could have our salvation, be resurrected, and go to heaven. He was departed, was going to depart to heaven. So what does that show us? Death is not the end of our existence. It's simply a departure from one place to another. Now, Moses and Elijah, as I said, have been living in heaven for hundreds and hundreds of years. Jesus soon would go back to heaven after his death where he'd been. So facing those three people, there's an interesting question for you and me. In the Old Testament, the oldest book in the Old Testament is the book of Job. And they didn't get all this. But Job asked an interesting question, which you should ask. Here's the question Job asked. If a man dies, if a woman dies, will they live again? Will they live again? And man has always been asking that. Do you know why? The book of Ecclesiastes says God has put eternity in your heart. Believer, unbeliever, doesn't matter. You know, you know, you'll never admit it to me if you're not a believer. But you know because God put it in there. You say, well, I didn't accept it when God put it there. Sorry. You know when you die, you're going to live somewhere. You may be confused about it. I hope to clear all that up for you today. But you know this is not the end of life. But the world has tried to confuse that. See, the most valuable thing anybody has is their soul, where they'll live when they die. And so the world has come up with lots of excuses, lots of false belief. I'll go through three of them very quickly with you. But only the Bible gives us the truth. And you already see it this morning. Many people say this, that after a person dies, there's no life after death. No eternity. We simply cease to exist. We hear people say, he bought the farm, it's over with, he's back in the ground, where he came from, that's it, nothing, there's no spiritualness, there's no eternity, there's no soul of man, absolutely dead. They call it eternal oblivion. That is not biblical at all. The Bible says this, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after death, the judgment. You don't cease to exist. Number two, there's a well-meaning people. Much of their doctrine is good, but some of it isn't. Seventh-day Adventist church, they teach soul sleep that denies a man's consciousness when he dies until the resurrection day. In other words, all those years, until you're resurrected by Christ, you're just in, in kind of limbo. Nothing's happening. There's no existence to you, no, no consciousness of man. But the scripture says that's totally a lie. What does Paul say? Listen, remember this. Absent from the body, death, what's the Bible say? Immediately what? Present where? With the Lord. When Jesus witnessed to one of the thieves who accepted Christ on the cross, what did Jesus say to him? For the next 500 years, you're going to sleep, soul sleep, and eventually I'll come get you. No, what did he say? 
Today, you'll be with me where? In paradise. And the last one is a very common one. You know, I do a lot of stuff in Asia. And reincarnation is a big deal in Asia. Always has been. The belief that a person after death keeps coming back in one form or another. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Animals, all kinds of things. Keep coming back until they, they actually reach perfection. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many times would you have to come back to get it right? <laughs> Forever. Forget it. I read this, and I'm not making fun, but I just thought it was great about this reincarnation thing. Remember, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then what? How many times to die? No, absolutely no reincarnation. But here's a reincarnation joke. Life stinks. How many know that's true sometimes? Life stinks, then you die. Here's reincarnation. Then life stinks again. I'm glad I'm not reincarnated. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, so what am I saying to you this morning? Eternal oblivion. That when you die, it's over. Reincarnation and soul sleep are all false teachings. Notice in this conversation, Moses and Elijah are alive and they're talking to Jesus. Moses didn't come back as a dog. Elijah didn't come back as a bug. And I'm not making fun. Do you understand? They're people who they were and they're talking to Jesus hundreds of years after they died. That's the truth. Now, what does that say to you? Here's a lesson you want to write down. People are eternal and they will live forever after death, either in heaven or in hell. You're eternal. Mr. Mike, I don't believe it. Ten seconds after you die, you will believe it. It's too late. When a person dies, they either go in the presence of God or eventually heaven, the new heavens, new earth, Satan, hell, lake of fire eventually. There is no way you don't hear the churches even talk about it. That does, and they probably still have it, but they don't really talk about it much. There is no such thing as an intermediary that you can pray somebody out of there. You cannot pray for anybody when they die. After you breathe your last breath, if you're a believer and not ashamed of Jesus, heaven. If not, hell. Nobody can pray you out. That's all false hope. It doesn't matter what happens. It's over. It's finished. That's why there's an urgency in the church to get what? Number one, truth out. Well, I'm going to be fine because I'm going to keep coming. No, you're not. I'm not making fun of that at all. What is it? That's Satan's lousy lying because it's too late. And so there's an urgency to get the truth out, but there's an urgency to win people for Jesus Christ because they don't know this. Guaranteed, the most of your friends have no idea what I just said. They don't believe it's biblical, and I just proved to you it is. Now look at verse 32. Peter finally wakes up. And Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Now, what a shock that was to the disciples. They'd watched Jesus in his real body, his human body, tired, needed food, rest, and, and all of a sudden, what did they see? They see somebody they don't even hardly recognize. They recognize him, but like, wow, what, what is that glow? What is that? What they see 
is who Jesus really was before he came to earth. And so here's what you want to write. What did they learn? That Jesus on the earth was fully man, but now they see he is fully God. Now, when they wake up, they recognize Jesus. But how do they know who Moses and Elijah are? Well, Moses stepped up. He had this heavenly name tag. My name is Moses. And Elijah come over. You know me as the fiery prophet, baby. Here's my name, Elijah. E-L-I-J-H. We don't know how they knew them. But they knew them. Maybe Jesus introduced them. We don't know. There wasn't a Facebook. Let's see. Oh. Jesus probably introduced them. So what does that say to you? This is huge. Anybody here in any of our campuses this morning had a, a mom, a dad, a loved one, a child, a, a relative, a close friend die. And anybody here as a Christian, anybody here? Here's what you want to write this morning. This is the hope that only Christians have. Watch this. We will recognize one another in heaven. Could I hear an amen this morning? <laughs> Woo! I want to see my dad and my mom and my brother and a bunch of other people. You know, somebody said, we'll be surprised who's in heaven when we get there. A lot of people are going to be surprised you and I are in heaven when we get there. But from the grace of God, amen. So this is the hope of a Christian. I say to my kids, my wife and I, when our kids were growing up, we say to this day, we don't care what you do for a living. We don't care where the kids, our grandkids go to school. We don't care about any of that stuff. We want them to do well. We want to have a nice home, all those kinds of stuff. We don't care. The only thing we pray for is we'll see you and our grandkids in heaven one day. The rest doesn't matter. The rest doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Careful. Well, I don't come to church anymore. I got soccer in this day and a baseball over here and then over here. Careful. Wrong emphasis on the wrong things. Nothing matters but eternity. I can only take care of me. I can't take care of you. But I can inform you. And that's what Jesus is doing. There would be an urgency in the church because Peter and the disciples got it. And that's why one day Peter would say this. There's no name under heaven whereby a man can be saved, get to heaven, than the name Jesus Christ. He stood unashamed in front of the religious leaders, knew he'd be beaten and jailed. He could care less. Because of this experience. You see, all of a sudden, watch what happens in verse 33. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Jesus, Peter said to him, now, how many know, I, I want to see Peter in heaven. You know, I want to see Peter in heaven. I want to see how big his mouth is. <laughs> because, because he's always putting his foot in his mouth. You know what I mean? How many of you know how to put your foot in your mouth? Oh, I know how to put my foot in my mouth. Well, here comes another one. I'll paraphrase it for you. Basically, Peter says this in the next verse. Look at me. He says, it's Jesus. This is fantastic up here. Now, remember what Jesus had just told him. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be persecuted. They're going to persecute me. They're going to kill me. Then I'm going to heaven. I'm paying for your sins. And oh, by the way, Peter, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So Peter says, Jesus, this is a safe place. Let's just stay on the mountain. Uh, let, let's build three condominiums, one for Elijah, and one for Moses, and one for you. Wow, this is fantastic. And look at the end of this verse in your Bible. I think this is classic. Luke writes it. Look at the end of the verse. He did not know what he was saying. There's another whole sermon right there for an hour. 
If you don't know what you're saying, shut up. Don't say it. He says something stupid. You can see him. He means well. Let's just stay here. It's a safe place. I don't want to go back down to the real world. We're on the mountaintop. This is fantastic. Jesus, set up your kingdom right here. This is good. This is good. Right here. Right here. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. The cloud was the presence of God. It was the Shekinah glory of God, of the visible way to see God and not yet see God. Very common in the Old Testament. When the temple, when they would offer sacrifices, the Shekinah glory would cover the temple, knowing that God was present with them. Remember what I said at the beginning of the service? God's present with us right here. You hold me now. This presence came in a visible way. And from this cloud, which represented God being there, look what he says in verse 35. And a voice from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I've chosen. Underline these three words. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The other two went back to heaven. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. See, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of the mountain to show them that he was not just a prophet, but he was God's son. He was deity. He was God. Lesson learned, Jesus is God's son. Now, did Peter learn this lesson Did he understand what this was about after this crazy statement? Let's stay here on the mountain. By the way, how many of you here would like to just live on the mountaintop all the time? I'd like to just live there. Everything's perfect, peaceful, whatever. How many know that ain't going to happen? We'll talk about the valleys in a moment. Did Peter learn this? Look at this. This is so powerful. Later, Peter writes an epistle. Look what he writes. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just stop right there. Some of you saying this morning, Pastor Mark, this is a stupid story. It isn't even real. God just spoke to you. Peter says, we're not making up this clever story. Now what are you going to do with it? When we were told about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we saw with our own eyes his majestic splendor with our own eyes. We, when we, he received honor and glory, From God the Father, this is my son. Look at the rest. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him. And why was the mountain holy? Because God's presence was there. His presence is invoking this congregation in Melbourne and Vieira and Sebastian right now. God is in the house. He's holy, and we're not holy. But he's come to be with us. See, the real you is spiritual. Peter couldn't forget that. God came in person to visit them. Well, remember the words I asked you to underline? Listen to him. God was saying, Peter... He's fully man and fully God. Believe him. 
He's my son. Listen to him. He is God. Listen to him. He told you he's going to the cross. He is going to the cross. Listen to him. And listen to him. Peter, the reason for the internship, you're going to replace Jesus on the earth. And that's what he's saying to you and me this morning. We're Jesus on this earth. Every Christian. We've replaced Jesus. We've replaced the apostles. We replaced Martin Luther and all the other great people. Spurgeon and all those. We are the replacements to represent, to know God and make him known. That's what we are. So what did we learn from this? This is a huge principle. Following Jesus requires listening and obeying. Listen to him doesn't mean, oh, nice words. So what he's saying to the disciples, look, when you listen to him, what he tells you to do, do it. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Do it. Don't just listen to the words. Do it. Get right. Finish it up. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's nice. I like it. Makes a lot of sense to me. But I don't hear God's voice. Well, you've heard it this morning. It's through a five foot seven, 72 year old, great looking guy. <laughs> Do you know you've heard the voice of God this morning? You have it in your lap. He's been speaking to you the whole time. He's still here. His presence is here. This is all truth. Bet your life on it. It's the only stable bet in the world. The word of God's living and active. Well, we all said we like to stand on the mountain, but it doesn't work. Look at verse 37. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he's my only child. I want you to write this down. You'll understand it as you write it down. Real life, real life is lived on the mountaintops. You'll see it in a moment. But realistically, where is real life lived? Tell me. In the valleys. Real life is lived on the mountaintops. But most of life is lived where? In the valleys. In the difficult times. In this room, at our campuses, online. Some of you this morning are on the mountaintop. Enjoy it. Some of you are in the valley. He's with you. And we're going to pray for that at the end because that's the way life is. Mountaintops, valleys. They've been enjoying the mountaintop. Everything's great. They come down to real life. Jesus said, no, 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 we don't live up here. I'm not, I'm not building a condominium and living up here. I came to meet people. Do you know that people are messy? Do you know that? We have all kinds of messes in our lives. And that's exactly what he was trying to say to them. Most of life has lived in the valley. Throughout Scripture, we see countless times where God has taken a seemingly incapable person to accomplish something great. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark that the Lord is just looking for people willing to obey His Word. He can do whatever He wants, with or without us, but He invites us to partake in His work. As we surrender our lives to Him, we begin to understand His giving nature even more than before. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What all can we expect God to provide for us on our journey of life with Him? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will answer this question and more as he looks at the provision of our Lord. God provides continued direction for our lives. Even when the road seems impossible, He can be trusted. Why? Because when God guides, God provides. There's no better captain to have steering our ship than God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world A new hope he is given